For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast doesn't endorse criminal activity, but... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Brainstop Play. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been away for a couple of weeks. Lots of cricket to catch up on today. Uh, I'm joined by Will and Glenn. Let's hear from Will first. How's it going? Very well. I've seen lots of cricket since the last podcast, which is always good. And I've seen you, Dan, in the flesh. I know, I know. Very rare we see each other in person. This podcast has been around for two years now. and I reckon I've seen you collectively in person two to three times each maybe at a push uh, so yeah that was lovely we'll, we'll talk about our well our fledgling day at edge bass and then i'm sure you had a lovely sunday as well 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 done for picking that day as well uh glenn hello over in iowa what's going on any any live cricket any live sport no i've been playing <laughs> in some more live sport i guess if that counts uh yeah, and we lost again uh lost the last game of the season 5-2 um as in goal again i'm a bit sad about it to be honest I but the summer season is over and the fall season um is coming up soon so in in a couple of weeks so i'm gonna put all my energy into training preparing okay doing stretches once a week just to get ready for very the, important uh, for the next season very very important <laughs> we look forward to hearing about that um so quick what we're going to look at today we have to start with this fake ipl story that's been doing the rounds if you haven't heard it we're going to summarize it very briefly now and then sort of talk about how insane it is. We had to lead with it, uh, so stick around for that. We'll then, in part two, look at uh, the India-England games in general, sort of the third and uh, well, the fifth test, uh, the three T20s and the ODI. We'll have a quick reaction to to those results, Uh, and then we're going to have some basketball discourse because it's time, and we're ready for it, and we're excited for it. But let's start in part one with this fake IPL story. Um, It broke, I think, two days ago now, uh, maybe three as you're listening to this, uh, but in short, uh, a fake version of Cricket's IPL, we all know and love so much, um, was set up to con gamblers in Russia uh, and, and has just been broken up and went on for a, a frightening period of time. Uh, Will, could you just give us a bit more of a deeper summary of this story? Because uh, it, we'll, we'll link the piece and please do read it. It gets funnier as it goes on, doesn't it? it, it it's quite a hilarious story. It really does. Every, 
when you see the headline, you think, okay, this is a bit weird. This could be quite funny. Every single line gets better and better. But <laughs> I'll start with the big picture, right? Essentially, the Indian police have finally done, sort of done a, done, a, done, a, done a bust operation to find out this bunch of Indian farmers who have set up a fake version of the IPL to con some Russian gamblers into betting on the games. Now, the first time you see this, you know, some people... They might have quite a negative reaction. We know there are connotations between gambling and the IPL that have happened in the past. It's all quite murky. It's a bit dark. So you kind of think, what's, what's going on here? This, this, this doesn't sound quite right. It's actually hilarious. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's my favourite story we've ever covered on the podcast. <laughs> right. So here's what happened. I'll, I'll, I'll selectively quote from the, from the BBC article here. A gang set up a fake IPL with farm labourers acting as players to dupe Russian punters in a betting scam reminiscent of the 1973 film The Sting. <laughs> the so this is absolutely brilliant. The so-called IPL reached the quarterfinal stage before the racket was busted by police in India. It began three weeks after the actual IPL concluded in May, so they've been doing this for a while. And somehow, and like God only knows how they've actually persuaded some Russian gamblers that this is real. What they've done is. They install a cricket pitch, and you can see the video, by the way, on the internet. It's just, it's just a dust pitch. It doesn't it remotely look real. I think it's like a piece of tarpaulin or something. I, I, I think it's, it's like... It's a carpet. Yeah, there you go. Carpet yeah. out for the wicket. It's some dirty carpet. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of, because it's been trodden on so much, the dust has sort of settled on yeah. it. And it, it, <laughs> it, it, it. Now I know it's a carpet. It doesn't look like a pitch, but you can see how some Russian maybe would have no idea. <laughs> maybe. But they're really clever, right? So they've set up this fake pitch, and then they've set up a camera so it it doesn't ever show you, you know, a wide pan. It never shows you the ground or the place it is. It just shows you close up of the pitch. So you can think, OK, maybe this is in a stadium. Then they they allege. So this article refers to the organisers as a gang. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows at this point who these guys are, particularly. Maybe they are a local gang. But they say they hired farm labourers and unemployed young people, paying them 400 rupees, which is about £4.20 per match, and broadcast them live on YouTube. This is my favourite line. This is just amazing. Players took turns to wear jerseys of the Chennai Super Kings, Mumbai Indians and Gujarat Titans, acting on the instructions of, quote, a Russian based mastermind. <laughs> I mean, it, it's I'm just watching the video again because it is hilarious. I'm just right at the start. For some reason, there's three cricket balls in play at once. There's the one in, in the bowler's <laughs> hand and two just sort of at the umpire's feet, sort of rolling, half rolling around. <laughs> And you're right, Will. It never it never pans to wider than the sort of down the line uh, view that we, we normally see in in cricket. And the and the batters just sort of run around a little bit. You never see a boundary unless it's been signalled by a very enthusiastic uh, umpire who should definitely get a job somewhere after this. And it is just absolutely laughable. I must say the graphics are pretty impressive. That they look legit on this little video. You could really? argue better than the hundred. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely clearer, clearer than the hundred. Although I would love to see the hundred weird balls required graphs on the side of this as well. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things uh, that, that I found funny. Yeah, so the umpire as well. Um, uh, you just got so I was reading that I think the umpire was effectively getting walkie-talkied from somebody who was running the operation and was effectively being told what to call. So I guess if if 
you know, a bit of money went on, you know, a wicket in this over, just make sure there's no wicket this over, I imagine. So if there's anything plum, you didn't see it, don't give it. Um, so I, I assume the umpire was enthusiastic because I can only imagine they were on the money making side of this things, perhaps unlike the underemployed farmers who, again, as Will said, you know, were, were paid a lot of money at all for their for their time in this. Um, I also so the YouTube um channel is still up so despite this operation being busted you can still go back and watch all the matches i think up until the quarterfinal um and dan <laughs> there is or would have been a quarterfinal and i'm sad to have missed it but what, what, <laughs> but what i found funny about going into the uh, about going into the archive as it were a living archive of this wonderful operation at, at um at half time so the kind of innings changeover they literally have a graphic they have a screen cap of what looks like cricket 20 like a still from a from one of the video <laughs> games it just has in capitals break time underneath and it's australia versus england <laughs> <laughs> it's just a joy isn't it and and the cricket wasn't too bad really in the grand scheme of things i've seen some worse cricket going on so yeah they've, they've been scoring about seven and over it's not bad at all it reminded me of the European Cricket League. We saw yeah. some absolutely, we saw a few, a few really like loopy kind of my style leg spin, which I really appreciated. The bowlers had really, from what I watched on the spinners, really toss it up, and it was just like, like that between like a full toss and a Yorker, and there's just a load of those. But it was just, it's just ridiculous. And I love that on the BBC piece, there's like, there's a photo of some pads and like some dirty gloves. It's like police sees the cricket gear used in the tournament. I was like, what are you gonna do with like a sweaty box? Like, <laughs> Is that, is that the evidence you have? <laughs> so we should say, by the way, the important context for this is that officially sports betting, for some reason except for horse racing, is banned in India. So See, I didn't know that. I didn't, that, I didn't know that at all. That's why they've had to find their illicit Russian gambling ring. But, th- I mean, there's more. There's so much more. One of the guys who... There are, there are four main organisers, apparently. And the way it started was one of the organisers previously worked in a pub in Russia. And he says, quote, I had some contacts there and got them interested in betting in cricket. Now, what do you, what do you think that conversation was in a pub where this guy had a light bulb moment and he thought, hang on, this is I've it. got an idea. So the, so the league's called Cricket uh, Century Hitters T20. So yeah, um, no, no cricket in the name there. So Century Hitters T20. I want the NFT collection to launch soon because if I would, if I was going to buy any NFT, it would be a Century Hitters T21. And there's a massive gap in the market for, for, for that. Do we do we think the Russians betting on this thought this was the IPL? Maybe they'd never seen cricket before. Really thought it was this really sport that nobody played, and this was it. This was the IPL. Because oh, I think that's what. That's what we're getting. I think that's what we're getting at, right? Yeah. And and that in itself is hilarious to the cricket fan when you do sit and watch this video. Uh, someone thought this was like the like one of the most rich leagues on the planet taking place in front of them. And just another detail. Again, this this BBC piece is so rich with these silly details <laughs> that are just like three per paragraph. It's not like the longest piece. It's just so so rich. But um uh so they had um running commentary spike with crowd sounds downloaded from the internet was blasted through speakers placed near the ground so <laughs> so someone's like got like jeffrey boycott like a tms like a tms stream coming off their phone that they're like holding out during this he's like lovely forward defensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah not only that they got the crowd noises downloaded from the internet and then they had a bloke with a microphone who did his best impression of the article doesn't say but supposedly one of the ipl's real indian commentators the guy was just doing an impression of and doing the commentary from the sides. 
on like a karaoke machine. Who would you try and do if we set up an English version of this? Who what what comments would you try and do a bit of Vaughny or a bit of Tuffers just sort of KP. snarling at the ah that would be pretty easy. To it's do, so actually, easy you just it? you just have to shout just shout occasionally. and say that's, that's a nonsense. that's a twelve <laughs> franchise it that's a twelve. <laughs> <laughs> maybe mine's not so good uh yeah this is just a, an absolutely joyous story um obviously some crimes taken place they've been arrested but i think you know in general crimes against hilarious. cricket i think the, 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 yeah, yeah. well, well there, the thing is right and obviously you know d- legal disclaimers notwithstanding clearly you know with this podcast doesn't endorse criminal activity but there is a sort of brilliant robin hill element to all of this which is essentially what's happening is they've somehow swindled some rich idiots in russia to give them some money and they're using it to pay a not unreasonable hourly wage to some unemployed local young people. I'm all for it. It's a real feel good story. Actually, now you, now you frame it like that. Well, you're right. <laughs> well, someone, someone will be buying the film rights as we speak. Got to be. <laughs> Although what is sad, there's, there's the photo on the, on the, on the BBC piece and there's four people, allegedly the four people who've been arrested, like sat on the floor and they all just thought that they'd been caught, like stealing some food by their parents or something from the pantry. They yeah. all just like look they're really, really, really in their legs. They're like, they look oh, ashamed. sorry about that. <laughs> they look really, it was a joke. It got out of hand. <laughs> didn't mean to have Russians betting on Telegram on us. It's all a misunderstanding. <laughs> oh God. Just, just brilliant. Just, I could, I could just rev. We could talk about this for hours, probably. But yeah, we, I think we kind of had to lead with that. That was, it, it's the story of the week, I think, because the cricket's been pretty average. We'll come on to that very shortly. Uh, but yeah, do go check that piece out. We'll link it in the description. Please watch the video. As Glenn said, still on YouTube. So, were there some backdated games you could go? Could, could you, could you watch the tournament from start to quarterfinal? Uh, yeah. Got that availability. Absolutely. You can make it like the Mumbai Indians Netflix show effectively. If you could just <laughs> cut if you just cut some highlights from each game, you could build a real narrative. <laughs> they should have done like an all or nothing Amazon documentary for this series. <laughs> What's the YouTube channel called, Gun? Uh the YouTube channel is um so, uh, it's it's linked in the article. It is it's very slow to load for me. I think it's I think it's literally Century Hitters T twenty and it is abs- it is in capitals and it is um ridiculous. Uh eight hundred and fifty eight subscribers. So the fact they're wow. they're actually the the fact that they've been broken up is actually a success because when the article was written a couple of days ago, they only had two hundred odd subscribers. So I think let, let me make that uh eight hundred and fifty nine in case are they people, come back for the quarters. Are people, pay, are people patiently waiting for the semifinals or something? I, I think people like me and every still it's either the break time or like a really or the really dusty pitch <laughs> they've done this so many times there is like 40 games on here God, they're clearly check, really good at it as well i'm just i've just watched I, a clip where a guy, a guy plays a really nice cut and then he runs and then the two batters do a really good impression of like checking should we run for a second or not and you're like this isn't this isn't real there is no boundary this could go to but they make it look legit just scrolling through this, you just fascinate you channel now. I'm now watching. <laughs> I'm now watching screened stream of the 26th of June 2022. Uh, it's just called Century Hitters T20. It's a bunch of blokes playing volleyball. It's it's 50 minutes of about 15 <laughs> men playing volleyball. Sorry, uh, what's going sports? on? Are they a whole yeah. thing? It could be a whole thing, but were the Russians betting on volleyball as well? It turns out like we've we we've realized that this operation is far greater than the police are currently aware. So <laughs> we we're just doing we just cutting edge work. <laughs> we, we've just cracked we're, we're, we're the volleyball league. Oh, the break time the break time image you referred to earlier, Glenn, is brilliant as well. It is like Have they just nicked that from Cricket twenty two? 
I'd say Brian Lara 07. It really looks raw and it, it is England, Australia for some reason. Um, yeah, this is fascinating stuff. Go and check it out. It's an absolute goldmine of content um, if you've got a spare hour or so. Um, but that'll do for part one. A great start to the podcast. Uh, in part two, we're talking about India versus England, all the various games that have been played over the last few weeks. Hello and welcome back to part two. Hope you've paused the pod and delved deeper into that story we were talking about in part one. Uh, really worth it. Uh, but for now, we need to talk about England versus India. Uh, since we were last on, there's been the end of the fifth test. There's been three T20 internationals and there's been an ODI. I don't think it's even worth talking about the ODI from Tuesday, boys. It was just a trouncing, Bumrah doing Bumrah things, the ball doing all sorts. England batters haven't... Uh, and this is to your point, Glenn, actually. I don't want to get all discoursey this early into this part. And I poo-pooed the Royal London, whatever it's called, cup. But when was the last time some of these lads played a 50-over match? Do you know what I mean? I know I know the ball's hooping and seaming. But depending on how this series goes, that could be something to really watch out for. Um, but especially for you, Will, anything to even mention from that for India? They were just awesome. Um, yeah, they were a bit annoyingly good. I was offered a ticket by a friend who had a spare going. Um, and I was like, that's fine. I can't make it down till five, but I'll come if it's still going. <laughs> and um, yeah, England managed to be, what, five down within about six overs. So that was pretty handy. So. That ruined my day. Yeah. Um, I turned... just about squeezed past their lowest ever score. So it could have been yeah. worse. I turned up just in time to watch Rose Sharma cream a couple of Bryden Cast. Uh, just long enough for me to think, why am I watching Bryden Cast play cricket? Why is that happening? This is not... Sorry at the Oval, this is, this is supposed to be an international match. Um, England need to fix some of their bowlers, basically. That's my only massively, takeaway. Massively, they can't massively. all be injured at the same time. This is ridiculous. Well, how, how Sam Curran and Matt Parkinson didn't get into that team ahead of Craig Overton and Bryden Cast oh. is, is absolutely beyond me. I just assumed it was Jamie Overton for some reason. I that did feels as well. Like it would make more sense. And I yes. saw the little sea bite. No, I saw that. No, I woke up and sim- not quite as uh, deep as well as he would have actually been there. But as I said, I was saying, uh, Dan, before we start recording, I'm moving house right now. So I yesterday was the big packing day, you know, eight hours at home. You've got to box up most of your things. And I looked at the schedule. I was like, oh, I got ODI. I'll wake up. Miss the first hour, I'll get to see about 90 overs. Absolutely not. I woke up and Craig Overton was batting. And I was like, A, that's sad because all of us are, all the batters are out. And B, why is Craig Overton batting for England? Honestly, it was just, yeah, it's been a bit of a mess. And this comes on to the T20s, I think. And obviously, India won that series 2 1. Um, could have been 3 0. That, that sky knock in the third T20 was well worthy of winning any cricket match ever. Uh, especially even in, in probably in the Century Hitters T20 League as well. That was well worthy of um, uh, <laughs> a victory in one of those <laughs> matches. Uh, but it, you know, I just, I'm just, yeah, England aren't quite as that convincing at the minute. And it, it is the bowling that, well, the batters caused the, the, the loss in the first two. And then I thought the bowl was actually quite impressive in the, in the second T20, but uh, the third T20. But for me, Glenn, the only man who's really given himself much credit is, is Reese Topley, who I think has pretty much booked himself a place on the plane to the World Cup later this year. Other than that, and other than knowing that Chris Jordan is good and that I think Tamal Mills is a little bit past it now, uh, we're struggling a little bit. And that is, again, still due to fitness. And we're missing Mark Wood and Joffre Archer still. That These guys would round off this team nicely. 
Yeah, really good point. Agree on the bowling. Uh, yeah, no, Topley, he's, he's really consistent and kind of goes under the radar. He is one of those bowlers that does just seem to kind of glide underneath. Um, Parkinson was a bit of a worry for me as well, actually. I know we're missing we're missing Rashid. Um, so he was Parkinson was given, you know, a big opportunity. But, you know, when I was watching him and I saw, I think the first two games, I think I missed the, um, the England win, but the first couple I did watch. And yeah, I mean, Parkinson, you know, it seems like a lovely bloke and I, you know, any, any leg spin for England who's, who's competing to get into the team. That's brilliant. That is exciting, but he does bowl really slowly. It's too floaty. Really, really slowly. And you just put that up in international cricket with Hardik Pandya at the other end. and It just looks silly, doesn't it? I I think especially against when you get a team that is as ridiculously competent and just confident against spin as yeah. as this Indian outfit will be similar to you know probably um you know the Pakistan top order as well I mean I don't think you know Rizwan Babarazam and thinking you know World Cup here as well or any of the Indian top order are going to be particularly fussed <laughs> about spin that comes at literally I think about 35 miles an hour or something looking at around that around it, that speed it, it, it's, it's so very slow. floaty very floaty and you could almost see what he's trying to do sometimes and there were some nice comebacks he did get hit for a couple and then continue to float it up which I liked and got the wicket with it so he did get backed by Butler but yeah I mean again you know Rashid wasn't you know if Rashid's not involved he is our he's a frontline spinner and he I keep saying this he's one of the best if not like you know top two three um in the world I think in, in T20 cricket but his absence was felt and yeah you know the rest of the bowling you know Jordan Jordan's always always very consistent I think he can he can go under the radar too sometimes it's always brilliant for Surrey and he really turns up for England but yeah the rest of it is it's a bit of a grab bag isn't it really you can see these injuries piling up in real time and it's just now feeling like a real a real problem when we see it in this one day team we got away with it in the test matches i think because there's some good options but we just need these guys back and the reliance on rashid is a bit worrying as you've said glenn um matt roller don't know i can't remember who he works for i'm going to click on his twitter espm uh did a final tally of all the spinning figures for england from the three from the three t20s which i thought was really useful info uh so the Aegeus bowl the spinners took three for 86 off seven overs uh, Edge Baston, none for 67 off six overs. And at Trent Bridge, one for 67 off four overs. Uh, so it's four wickets for 220 runs in 17 overs. So that's including Moeen, Livingston and Parkinson. And that's really worrying. That's that's not great because where we need you need spin overs in, in the middle somewhere. And if we're just getting them from Rashid and we can't guarantee his fitness all the time, you know, what if he's away? This happens. Um, I'll tell you what, one more thing. Livingston was really found out. He had pretty, um, pretty savage figures. Uh, last game, uh, it was two for 18. Prior to that, it was one for 15. Um, oh, no, excuse me, uh, two for 36 at an economy of 18. Um, yeah. so huge, huge runs here. <laughs> economy of 15 from his one over in the other game. And even the first one, two overs, uh, no wickets for, for 23. It's an economy of 11. I mean, that they are, that is really humbling figures across three games. That is a bat, that, that is a bowler that has been effectively found out by the tourists, by the Indian team. They Because those figures got worse as the series went on. So it started yeah. poorly and fell off a cliff. And again, you know, I'm not trying to necessarily just blame Livingston uh, solely here. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. He's, a, he's, he's a, one of the most useful T20 cricketers in the world, especially his batting. But to see someone 
who is so reliable, especially in the blast, especially domestically, that he has done a job with the ball for England in previous series. I think against Pakistan, he did pretty solidly last summer, from what I recall. I know his batting really caught fire then. I think his bowling was fine too. But yeah, I mean, you can spin it both ways and that's a you know, lovely thing to do. But if you're being spanked across the ground, it doesn't matter where you're spinning it because you're being found out and hit. So that was a bit of a tough one as well. So those stats on the spin is really, really interesting, Dan. And, and I just feel like as anyone else coming in or through really does it um so that is a little bit worrying something to look out for um gleason's debut was fantastic three for 15 nabbing rohit pant and coley which is kind of cool um amazing story only turned professional when he was about 27 years old uh so good for him getting a few caps not sure if he's a long-term solution or not probably not if there's a full uh a fully fit squad but you know he was pretty handy yeah, and it is nice. Again, and we'll get we'll get onto kind of more basketball, um, you know, writ large in the test side later. But um, it is nice to see players picked on form. Gleason's mm-hmm. been tearing it up. He's 34 years old, right? He's been tearing it up up there with the leading wicket takers, um, throughout the entire blast. He's been excellent throughout games. Good at the death. Very consistent. As you said, unconventional um, start. Didn't ever think he'd be a professional cricketer. Started really comparatively late into his 20s compared to a lot of players who go through the system and effectively, you know, whatever whatever county team it is or minor county team you're kind of designed to be into this great play you're pushed through this pathway he was very he he was very unorthodox and it's brilliant those figures you said they were great it is worth reiterating in that first game people getting hit around him four overs one maiden and i think it was a double wicket maiden if i remember correctly 15 runs three wickets at an economy of 3.75 talk about a dream debut you could not and the scalps he got he wasn't yeah. getting people at the death he was getting three of the best batters going when they reached their form it was brilliant and it was he didn't he didn't look nervous i, I heard a good interview on him with uh on the following our talk sport podcast just yesterday um and you know he they were saying you know you know you didn't look that nervous and he's like you know what coming into the team with a bit of experience being older, maybe he doesn't have the nerves that someone like Parkinson, who's kind of starting their career or really trying to get into the England team for many, many years ahead. He's like, well, you know what? I'm in form. I'm not going to be playing for England forever. It's just I'm just happy to be here. And, you know, he's there on merit. He's there because he deserves to be. Like, he was brilliant. Yeah. And then one for 31 in the third T20, you know, when India got basically 200 runs. So only going at seven, seven and a bit, nearly eight and over. It is really impressive. So, yeah, definitely want to watch. Now, to be honest, it was the batters that got us in trouble. So I don't know why we've, I, I don't know why we've poked at the bowl again. It just definitely feels like they're not quite there yet, right? Whereas we know the batters are good, and that's where I want to come on to you, Will, because India played really, really well. Let's not take that away. I think England, you know, rightly got battered in those first two, and squeezed over the line in the second, in the third rather. But India played awesome. Like Bhuvneshwar at the top just set that tone in that first T20, just bowling Butler for a duck after the 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 IPL Butler had had. Um, they were just very good, right? This was just an impressive, impressive India team. And it feels like you could probably put two or three 11s together to go to this World Cup that would really compete. Yeah, which is a nice problem to have, but um, nice problems also become real problems if you don't. I, I suspect stick India them. will manage to, like, balls up. There's so much. Oh, just, just, just from chatting to you for a couple of years about Indian cricket now, it just feels like they're, they're, they're not going to get it right somehow. Just they're, they're oversaturated, maybe. I always find it strange that a country which manages to create the biggest T20 tournament in the world feels so far behind a lot of the tactical innovations and just like modern selection strategies. Indian cricket is still so in the habit of picking your big names. Anyone who bats anywhere between three and five, 
you know, we're basically wanting you to go at not much above a runner ball and that's fine. It's still political between who gets picked from different states and all the rest of it. And ultimately, yeah, there are about 30 people probably who could play for the Indian national side in a T20 and not look out of place, which is a huge advantage. But ultimately, if you don't manage to pick the best 11 of them in a system that works, you're not going to win a damn thing. Um, and I think that might be the situation that India finds themselves in for the rest of this year. Hardik was good. Hardik is always great. <laughs> and essentially, listen, what I'm saying is, if any Indian selectors are listening, you just build the whole team around Hardik, okay? And do what he tells you to do, and then it'll be fine. That's got to be your starting point, hasn't it? And then you, you chuck Sky in there, who is outrageous. I don't know where you want him, Will. Probably at four, right? Where he batted? For the, for the, for three the or four. Three, or, three four. or four. I think you have to open. It's unfortunate that none of the opening experiments have worked brilliantly. I still mm-hmm. think ultimately you have to. It'll be Roach Sharma with one of Ishin Kishin or probably Punt, I think, ultimately as an opener. Um, looking at what Butler's done more recently in his career, I think it's just so obvious that you want your most talented, your most dynamic players facing the most balls possible. So that's got to be your opening pair. Sky Wire comes in not far after that. And then you've got your vibes players later down the line you put you stick Hardik and Jadeja and whoever else you want in there later on without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What what we're absolutely not going to do, although we will do, we shouldn't be doing, is... The all-format, Roshan, Mikhail, Rahul opening, Kohli at three. Everyone loses the will to live. Five ball number four. And I don't yeah, want to see Shreya Sire either. You don't want to see Shreya Sire? Nope. No, interesting. And then bowling-wise, I mean, Boovy is such a funny one because I feel like he's either shit hot or like rubbish and nowhere in between. Like, Was it was it ahead of the last World Cup that we thought, all right, this is going to be huge? And then he was all right. And then you see what he does with that new ball at the top of T20 innings when it should be carnage and he just stops that from happening and will take two wickets along the way. Yep. He feels like the leader of the attack, really. But do you think that'll be the case when, you know, I guess obviously Bumrah, who I mm-hmm. built last year to my <laughs> to my fault, to uh, probably is the leader. Shame. But per- yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Permanent shame. Uh, he feels like the leader, though, uh, Bumrah, obviously. But just, is Boovy always on that team sheet now? I, I don't get the vibe with him w- within Indian cricket. 
Yeah, he's a funny one that he sort of he's he's had a bad injury record in the last few years, and I feel like he should have. There have been series that I think he should definitely play, and then he hasn't. And then have been there have been other times that he pops out of nowhere and has brilliant performances, like you said. I I would I would worry for him on the basis that the next T20 World Cup being in Australia, I don't know if he's the most fancy down there. Um, but then I mean, who are, who are you gonna who are you gonna pick above him? So maybe I don't know. The spin question is more interesting because you've got a number of people who probably deserve to be in there, but ultimately only one of them is gonna get picked. Um, that'll be that'll be tricky, that won't it, really? But what did you think to Bishnoy's outings? Because I know Zach really likes him. I'm sure we'll be raving about him. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, he's ha- he's put he's been putting together an argument for most of the last two years that he is the best wrist spinner in India, and I think within the next two years that will be that will become obviously the case. Um, so it's his spot at some point. I don't think it'll be his spot in the World Cup. I think it's still Jahel. Um Kuldeep Yadav is still locked in a cupboard, which is unfortunate for him. Yeah, I love talk. I love it when we talk about him because we just forget how good he was, and he's just been taken away from us for some so reason. So good, so good, and bowls well in Australia. But there we are. Um, and just want to look at um, Boovie's uh, opening spell was just absolutely sensational in the first T20. I think it was. Um, so Roy's are, I think, uh, opening up on strike. He bowls three outswingers to Roy, doesn't who doesn't have a clue. Uh, Jason Roy cannot play a moving ball, which is increasingly clear and is a, a real worry for this team moving forward. Bowls three out, outswingers to Roy. I don't know if there's a single or whatever it is. They, they you know, they, they cross ends. It's Butler's first ball. He's just seen Boovey put in three outswingers. He's thinking, obviously, well, you know, he's moving it away from the bat. That's what I'm expecting quite deliberately bowls an absolutely glorious in-swinger which completely castles Butler's stumps and I just had to re-watch that a couple of times it was not just like electrifyingly talented bowling it was exceptionally smart bowling and the way the Indian bowlers the tourists let's remember England are the home side here the way that the tourists have been making the ball move across the limited series so far has been absolutely sensational from yeah. Bovi to Bumrah yeah, yesterday to... was yesterday was crazy yesterday oh, looked unplayable I saw Bairstow play down the line and miss it by about six inches just brilliant brilliant bowling um you know it's it's a shame that you know we're not going to see um you know the, the the caliber of this bowling you know in the blast moving forward or you know whatever 100 whatever it is but um it's brilliant to 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 just admire what fantastic limited overs pace bowling can do it's doing exactly um what the indian quicks are doing it's 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 I, just the, the english batters in home conditions look absolutely clueless and that's remarkable yeah, Roy Roy looks so bad when he's out of form, doesn't he? He just looks painful, painful, painful. But they'll give him a chance, as they rightly do, because we know how good he is. Interestingly, Glenn, I feel like, you know, obviously Morgan retired a few weeks ago, and we were like, oh, great, opened up a spot in that batting order. Great, who are we going to fill it with? I still don't quite know. There's not a lot of continuity with this batting order yet, and and who does what, like, who's a finisher. Obviously, Milan's brilliant as your, as your quote-unquote anchor. Um, but, like... Morgan used to come in at four and Salt played there and I can't remember who else played there. Let me have a look. Livingston batted at four, yeah. And you just, we don't know, and Bairstow's probably going to come back into this team. I I just don't quite know what we're going to, they need a little bit of continuity and it's obviously new coaching and I think it's just hilarious that England can't be good at white and red ball at the same time. We have to pick one and we've decided for red ball this summer, which I'm perfectly happy with. Yeah, I don't mind that either, to be fair. But yes, yeah, that is a running joke, isn't it? It is silly, really. Um, 
Morgan's absence, I think it's it's probably best not to like overemphasize that because again, this 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 uh, England team, in theory, should you know run themselves in that the talent that they have, everyone on the everyone in that top seven can get a quick fire fifty. I don't doubt that in the slightest, and every bowler um uh, has you know solid solid um international and or really good domestic experience but yeah the batting lineup it is strange who have we got we got Bearstone and stokes who are like who are likely to, to come back in uh i think correct um so yeah it just felt disjointed i mean i feel for harry brook it, it felt like it could have been a bit of a breakout might be a bit strong because again the caliber of the bowling they're up against this is a really hard series to stamp your name on the england setup as a younger batter because you're playing you go from the blast to this i mean the step up is 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 ridiculous how good these bowlers are but i felt you know he got he did get in one of the games 28 of 23 in a very like kind of last ditch hit and hope effort with moeen ali they were i was hoping moeen and harry brook would be the would be the combination to maybe give us a chance in that first game it wasn't to be but yeah i think you're spot on i mean roy when he's out of form it's just awful like in that first game four runs of 16 balls with a strike that was rate one of, of the worst in age you're likely to see that because he's just he's not got out first ball like he did uh in the i think the third or the second it was like you just taking up so much time it was just it was painful just hanging around i mean it's great for milan to actually have a have, have a real you know classy classy innings in in the final game 77 you know you mentioned the anchor role which he does play well he can also hit 77 of just I know, 39 it's, it's, it's terrible he's brandishes that but he went at 200 for 77 runs i know i know yeah. I, I do think he's easy uh, and I'm, I'm criminal for it just like God, get rid of him. <laughs> he is actually quite good isn't he i think he'll be in this team for a while still i think they like him no, I, I think so. But then, yes, yeah, Salt has kind of popped in and just like, again, it's just kind of maybe struggling. Like Tom Banton really struggled to up his game um, with England when he was given the opportunity. Um, I think in, 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 in the West Indies that might have been. But yeah, it just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. And Livingston had, you know, I uh, take aside his his really good 42 in that final game, but he had a real series to forget. Again, destroyed with the ball and then, you know, pretty much single figure scores yeah. in the, final two, the other two games. Like, it, it felt very uneven. And then Moeen was coming in quite late. And you were like, I think apart from Milan in that final game, none of the batters seemed able to take responsibility for a match winning innings, whether that's an anchor or not, whether that's a, you know, whether that's a 60 or 50 or it's a, you know, 30 or 15, it really doesn't matter. But none of the batters seemed ready to take responsibility for a match winning innings. And I think that was a worry considering how senior some of the players are in this team. Yeah, it was also like a really quick series, I felt. No one could quite settle into it. It was it was gone before it had started, really. And we've got that run of seven T20s in a row in Pakistan. So that'll be a chance to settle this team down, get a bit of continuity back, give Butler more time with the captaincy, and hopefully it will come good from there. No disasters yet. Although I'm a bit worried about this ODI series. I think I could come falling apart at the seams. We'll see. We'll see. But we must talk about the test match as well, which we missed doing last week. So we have to talk about it this week. Uh, it was another ridiculous chase from England. Record in tests uh, from 88 for five, like 300 odd behind, to winning that game. It might be worth just going straight onto the Basball discourse because I don't think we need to kind of rehash. Root is good. Bairstow is good. Um, like, is it possible to even put over how? the mindset has changed in that England team. It, it must be crazy. I listened to Johnny Bairstow on the Tailenders podcast and he just, it just sounds like the vibes are just shifted and that's kind of all that's happened. But it was just so, so shocking. Um, 
Will, what was that Sunday like you were there? Because the Saturday we went was awful because it rained. We got about 30 minutes of play, then it rained for an hour and a half, and then 30 minutes of play. And it was very disjointed, which kind of hurt England, I think, a little bit, especially in that last hour. But what was watching Sunday like, especially when India sort of gave away those nine wickets for, for 70, I think it was, or, or seven for 70, that, that horrible sort of damp squid of an end of their innings, which sort of set the momentum for England then. What was that like? Yeah, it was a funny old day. It was one of those where I think India was starting to build up a, enough of a lead that maybe maybe despondency comes naturally to England fans. <laughs> <laughs> and so the vibe was kind of not that stressed about runs going from India, um, which I thought was strange. And I think when you got to the end of the day, it looked like we should... 400 was always the number. It looked at one point like we were going to get to a lead of 400 and you think that's kind of fine. Um, and then, as you say, like, wickets just tumbled at annoying times. It wasn't like they all collapsed in one spell. It was just kind of this annoying trickle where no one could quite get in. And put... Coley looked good, I have to say, for about two shots, um, <laughs> as he has done at many times in the last couple of years, um, which probably is the same time, last time that we'll see him in this country, uh, unless you're lucky enough to have tickets to the last ODIs. Um but yeah, I thought it was a funny old game in a way because we were then the Monday when I'm happily back at work and following the score on my phone. At some point, I, I remember putting in our group chat that was like, oh, this is done. Like England have got this. This is, this is easy. You called it, oh, I remember you called it over at like 90 for none, I think. Oh, yeah. and, but but you, you were you turned out you were right. And even that little wobble at tea where I think England fans went, ah, it's a shame. We tried. And India fans were like, oh, right, we got this. Even that wasn't enough to, to, to defeat Basball. And to see, ha- uh, not Hales, we're not we're not that far back. To God. see Lees, of all people, and Crawley do some sensible leaving, go back that quick 100 partnership, that was game over from there, wasn't it? And what I find so interesting about Basball, and let's just get onto this now because we're here, is what it's done to op- opposition teams already. India looked like they'd surrendered at, at, at 200 for three. Or whenever Root and Bester went along their way. I don't know if you agree, Will. This felt like it was dead. But, you know, in normal circumstances, it wasn't. There was another 180 runs to get into fourth innings. But what Basball's done to opposing teams, as well as the England team, clearly, is just sort of shatter conventions about fourth innings chases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. That's just, <laughs> that's ab- you're absolutely right. And is, that, yeah. That's what I found so fascinating about the... Sort of, we saw it in the first test against against New Zealand, although it was less emphatic the chase, then two emphatic chases. Then England find themselves in the position again in this test against India, with an even more emphatic chase being a record, well over 350 in this case, and they just did it again, and it was just so much ease, and it was you know reports are that Stokes was looking to see what the run rate was to finish it on day four, and then they ended up doing it within a session, or I think even before drinks on day five it's insane. Um, so, Glenn, should we go, what do you think about the basketball philosophy or, or blueprint? We're, we're kind of, we're kind of pivoting on this Jonathan Liu, off this Jonathan Liu article in the Guardian, which uh, is trying to work out basketball as much as we are at the minute. Where do you think it is, Glenn? And, you know, is it, is it going to last really? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start by reading an extract of just that piece. Uh, Johnny Liu says, quote, Baz thinks we can change the face of cricket. Stokesy wants us to chase down 600 in a day. Leachy punched the swan at drinks. 
uh, Popey threw a shoe over a pub. It's new, it's nihilistic, it's entertaining, and it's clearly working. And then it's his setup that's his foil for, but what is it? Why, why am I talking about? And he makes some slightly stretched comparisons to millennial culture, which I don't know how much I agree with. But um, it's a fun piece. It's tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> it's a laugh. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... Has it? Could you argue it in 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 some ways, at least in the exceptional short term? And I guess obviously the the rebuttal to this is, which I've been saying to you, Dan. Okay, it might work at home in a few tests, but will it will it work away? Um, you know, in, in Pakistan, India, Australia, wherever else. But you know, it's almost it's almost succeeded already on its on its own terms, on its own merits, right? And that's what Johnny Lou really gets at. It's 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 effectively saying jog on to you know this uh quote you know boomer idea of your straight bat you you know you you know you don't want to score too fast you want to play a very steady thoughtful test innings and it's essentially i think he describes it as the crying laughing uh, emoji is the, is the kind of <laughs> i like is, that is the yeah is the really kind of i guess concise uh it is a concise summary of what it is i think it's just it's just a lot of fun and it's it's just really really positive and you know, to see Johnny Bairstow rack up hundreds like they're going out of fashion in England, like to see him transform to a guy that's been hounded for his place in the team for months on end. He clearly doesn't have the technique or application for test cricket. He should just stick to the white ball stuff, open up in that. But as a purist, I'm not going to watch him because I only watch um, five day cricket. Well, if that if, if that's the case, you get to watch Johnny Bairstow get hundreds across all formats now. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it is exciting and it's amazing to see the players enjoy it so much i what i like about what baz and stokes have done i, I think we've said this on previous pods i do feel like it's a bit simplistic but they really have empowered players and they've given players maybe like jack leach who again has been really in limbo in the team with injuries with defensive fields with some poor spells of bowling let's let's not ignore that but they've empowered these players to turn up and do their best and like you know leachy whipping out double fifers this summer i mean players who have been in real jeopardy in this team and who have been absolutely confident has been shot and it's only been root getting all the runs and everyone else collapsing around him well now dan root is still getting the runs because he's an absolute machine and he you know again one of, one of the best test batters in all of history um he's still doing that but suddenly he's got support suddenly alex lee suddenly our openers we can break our you know record of opening stands in in a long time together because because players feel that they're they're playing for something i think under Silverwood and under the previous administration, it felt like players sometimes were walked at gunpoint to the wicket and said, you have to try and get past 10 runs. And if you don't make double <laughs> figures, you're going to open the papers and everyone's going to be knives out for you. Now, I mean, they're effectively, you know, chauffeurs. They're, they're, they're driven in a golf cart to the wicket. There's a cold beer waiting for them when they get back in and everyone's enjoying themselves. And I love that. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. That's it. And they're rock stars and they're entertainers now. So I think they were entertainers for the third test against New Zealand. They were rock stars for that fifth test against India. And it's just that mindset has just obviously switched switched something on. Potentially sending out Stuart Broad as the Nighthawk. Not Nighthawk anymore. We're talking <laughs> Nighthawk so to get silly. a few quick runs. It's so, so silly. silly. But it just looks like so much fun. I th- I, again, referring to his tail enders podcast, Jimmy Anderson said, I wish I was 29 because I want to play 10 more years in this environment, you know, as how much fun this is. Um, but back quickly to sort of like the longevity of Basball, um, a term which he has also said he hates because uh, I don't I don't think he wants that to be attached to him this early on, especially into uh, four matches of his tenure. But 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, uh, and this is because Steve Smith had a little jab at Baz Ball. England were, were, were sort of mocked for only winning on green seamers, right? And now, and now they're saying, oh, wait till you get to a green seamer. Do you see what I'm saying? Like previously, we could only win on that. Now it's like they're threatening us with the idea of a green seamer. Well, I'm sure it will work on there as well because we've got the bowling attack for it. And these weren't dead pitches by any means. You know, we all like both teams struggled on them. So it does feel like it, it could go a long way. And I think Zach said this two weeks ago, or one of you did. But I think Baswell works even better on a turning pitch in a low scoring match where a quick 30 from someone takes the game away. I remember Rohit Sharma's turn on a really on a real turning pitch back in February, March 2021 to the game away from England. If someone could do that for England in Pakistan this winter, that will still work. So, you know, I've been a, I've been a proponent from the start. And I don't want to say it's going to work forever, Will. I don't, I'm not saying that. But um, listen, it took apart India, it rattled Virat Kohli. And I just think England hands are very happy right now. Uh, so it, it has, you know, did you make this point earlier, Glenn? Has it just worked already? Is it just fine? Has it already done its job? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. In the short term, yes. It's it's getting people excited about Test cricket again. Again, it's become a chore to watch. It's become it's it was it was it had become a chore. It was depressing to watch us collapse. And the the you know the Ashes were humiliation. I mean, we played woefully in the for long parts of the series in the Caribbean. I mean, it was just like a, a, a genuine a, a succession of complete abject failures. And to change that and to have a summer of you know kind of like still in a pandemic and again you know and, and johnny lou kind of touched on that in the piece you know it's, it's been a time of real strife and struggling for so many people throwing you know throwing many other factors as well you know it can be pretty depressing but you know to turn on england and not and you, for your misery not to be compounded by watching this england team i mean that I mean, this test team i mean that is, is fantastic that win for brendan mccullough is he isn't compounding yeah. the public's misery yeah well that's 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 how depressed i've been recently but yeah listen we we i, I am i am really excited i said this from day one dan you've been correct so far i i i i do admire that all i'm saying all and all i will stick with is i'm intrigued without cynicism i was cynical before i i i've got rid of my cynicism but i've shed that but i am intrigued to see how this how this does work maybe on a turning pitch abroad like i i am really excited to see it now and isn't that great aren't we aren't we excited for the next test series uh we've got south that's a win that's the win i am worried about one day all of them coming out and doing what ben stokes did in the first innings and just like just start chipping it to mid on as, as ways of getting dismissed i am worried about that so and Alexis was asked this, I think, at the end of day four. I can't remember what it was. On Sky, asked the end of day four, like, what's the mindset in the dressing room? And he sort of said, with this aggression, and he said, it's, you know, still prize your wicket, prize your test wicket, but be aggressive about it. It really is from the late, great Shane Warne, tee off brackets, not recklessly. I think, I'm think i guessing that's on the wall somewhere in the dressing room because that feels like what it is. But I am still slightly on edge and this is probably the England fan in me that it's all going to come crashing down soon and then when Basball fails which it will in some test match soon right probably this year what happens then do we rip it up and go again uh, it'll be interesting to see how people react to that isn't that part of Basball? it will come crashing down but it'll be fun while it lasts yeah it's like a crazy it's just going at 100 mile an hour then it'll hit a brick wall and then they'll go again but isn't this it? Like, I just—I don't think anyone's talking about Test cricket or a team or has has a coach, a Test coach, ever had a start of cricket named after them in such a way so quickly as well. Um, 
I don't expect anyone would have expected this. Do you think this is what Rob Key expected? I want to know what he's thinking right now. He must be he was like a Cheshire cat at the minute. Sat in I was going to say, he's having a steak somewhere, isn't he? Just like he's <laughs> yeah. at a really nice like steakhouse. Just just whining and dining. Can you imagine like Chris Chris Silverwood Ball? It's just like, mm. just excuse well, after excuse. Silverwood Ball, Silverwood Ball just beat Australia by an innings. So Working well in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more with that. That's a good point. But yes, it, it, it's amazing how... Yeah, a change in approach uh, can just can really galvanize a team that has looked. It's pretty much the same players. This is the bottom line. It, it is. It's amazing how it is effectively the same nine, ten, eleven players, maybe give or take one. But I mean, yeah. Oh, and you know, decisions like Matthew Potts, same way we were just celebrating Gleason in the, um, you know, in in the limited overs game. You know, playing picking players who are on form. And I still think there's a case and we don't have to get into it. Like I think probably the weak link so far is Crawley, but the joy of basketball is, uh, is they're just going to say, well, we want Crawley in this team. He can do it. So he's going to stay. So they're actually slamming the door shut on these concerns, which I yeah. find quite fun. <laughs> it just, it just sort of takes away, you know, our preview podcast of who will and who won't. We don't need to ever do that anymore. No, and same 11. Same again. 11, lad. See you next week. <laughs> like, that's fine. That's probably a healthy way to run a team at the end of the day, isn't it? And, I think we saw glimpses of that in Crawley's 40-something, 40 46, um, in that he left the ball really well. Obviously, he then got out leaving one as opposed to drive. He didn't drive all day and then got out leaving <laughs> one. But he, like, finally, it feels like something's got into his head and he did it. Um, and seeing Alex Lees charge Jadeja's first ball and then like reverse him and slog sweep him. That was the game, wasn't it? You called it, Will. That was the game there and then. And I think you kind of you kind of half knew it. Um what real quickly actually can can focus more on that game again? What did you think of Wimmer's captaincy? It's obviously isn't a long term thing. Um, I don't kind of he's come up with the, he's come up against the force of nature that is basketball, but uh, he struggled a little bit on day on day well their last innings really. Yeah, I mean it's kind of hard to say. I don't. I do find it quite funny that he's famously never captained at any level, and then it's what, just, so. Why did go. they why did they pick him in the end? He's vice captain, I think. Officially. Oh, okay. Fair. That's probably um, it. He enjoyed it, which 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 is fun. I mean, he bowled all right. It's in the spirit of basketball to just throw it to a happy little lad <laughs> with a smile and go on set a field. Then, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. And there were, yeah, that sort of, it felt inevitable as soon as Root and Bester had got in that they were going to chase it down. Um, which yeah doesn't say a lot for the way that you've handled your bowling options there. Yeah. Uh, it felt like it got blunted and then it was blunt and there was no real plan B. Tackle kind of sucked, didn't he? And um, Virat was very loud, wasn't he? Wasn't he mm. a bit, he was a bit chirpy and he pissed off Bairstow, who again, I'll refer to Helen's podcast. He went into the change room after making a lot of runs and just said, when will they shut up? Cause it sort of fired him up a little bit. He went, he, he went mental after the, the Lees run out. Do you think he's still half running the show a little bit at, at first slip? Or is he just like that guy? Just that guy Virat. I'm sure he'd love to be running the show. I don't know. I mean, I'd, it's hard to say without being in the dressing room like, how much people actually listen to him. You'd assume a lot. I know. I you would uh, assume yeah, a lot. You but then maybe to by the sound of it. Maybe he's, he's started to just zone, tune him out after a while. He just got <laughs> shouting at me like, okay, this has happened before. Not really paying much attention. Uh, it's good fun. And I think Dom Sibley got a 50 off like as many balls in the, in the championship this week. So... Basball's rubbing off on the county. Will we see other test teams go about it? Australia clearly can't handle it. That's that's a shame. The, the, uh, the England's Twitter admin, I don't know if you've seen, has been quite 
quite fruity. So it's Australia's sort of indirecting each other, been half enjoying that. Um, but yeah, basketball's here to stay. And we're, unfortunately, we're not going to get some for uh, till August, I don't think. Um, we get mopball instead, which doesn't quite have the same ring to it. When was the last time we were looking forward to a, to an England Test series? Then? I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? In, in, a like, summer, a, well, in like a non-masochistic way of like, yeah, oh, we get bowled out. Uh, <laughs> yes. Counting down the days to a South Africa home series. I mean, that's really good, isn't it? That's, that, that's super exciting. Brilliant. Uh, great chatting about that, boys. I think, you know, especially with a week out from the test, it'd be nice to reflect uh, a bit larger on uh, those crazy four test matches, really. Um, so thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for joining us. That'll wrap it up this week. Uh, we're back next week, sort of same time-ish, who knows when, to talk about uh, the end of the ODI series and whatever else is going on. Hopefully we get another story like that fake IPL come up. Uh, I, I doubt it, but keep an eye out for it for you and go and check that out. Uh, but for now, Glenn, thank you very much. Good luck moving the rest of the bits from your house to your new house. Thank you. And uh hope everyone enjoys the Blast Finals Day on Saturday as well. We'll be covering that in the next podcast as well. And we just ran out of time with as much England cricket to to get into the into the quarters, but that's gonna be really exciting. Thank you for reminding me of that. Real quick, Glenn, do you want to talk about Somerset's two hundred and sixty five or whatever it was? Or the fact that they're in finals day. Are they gonna win it? Uh, I think we will win it and we, yeah, broke the record for the most runs and I think biggest margin of victory in a domestic T20 game. So uh, can't go wrong there. Um, so much fun. And you just feel for Derby. It was really brutal stuff. Really that brutal was. stuff. That that one lad who went for 80 something, I think. Record worst just... figures, 82, I think. He missed the cut strip on one of the deliveries. That's well worth watching if you can, you know, I'm sure he's over it now. Um, and then look, Yorkshire, Lancashire in one of the semifinals. So, yeah, Brilliant. watch that on Saturday. We'll, we'll have a good chat about that next week. Uh, Will, thank you very much for joining us. Um, enjoy India probably winning 3-0, I think, and battering us, I think. I think you're trying to unnerve me with that. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying to jinx it early. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully they're more competitive games than, uh, than the last one. Yeah, that's true, actually. Let's hope for, for some good cricket. And uh, we'll chat about that all next week. But thank you for joining us. Until next time. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.